Hello folks, it's me again. Um, sorry for the long, long hiatus away from this. This is not a conventional podcast, as you understand podcasts. You can listen to thousands, if not millions, of other people all over the planet uh, who give their, who have podcasts in the more traditional sense. Mine is not in any traditional sense. Like I said, it's just my my inner inner mental dialogue on things, on on the world, on life, on death, on meaning, morality, all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing uh, formal about it. There's nothing that is um, organized or has a set structure to it. That's how I want to do it, and I don't care about subscribers. I care that some people listen. If they don't want to listen, then, uh, you know, that's their decision. Nevertheless, there is quite a number of things to talk about. Since I last had any kind of um, upload, which was around the summer of 2021, so half a year ago, it's now late March of 2022, so I don't really know what to discuss, what to talk about. Um, I don't want to rehash some of the old topics that I've that I've aired out on this podcast, but I feel like some things need repeating, and it's been a while. So let's talk about what my my greatest fear in common society is. It's not disease. <laughs> it's not. It's not war. It's not. Um, even governmental top-down control, which is what we have in my country, in the U.S., and then, and it's just everywhere around the world. Um, no, my, my greatest, my greatest fear in all of humanity is the inability to reason and think ourselves out of problems, out of difficulties, and to uh, basically lose the ability to think critically unimportant issues uh, and truly every I mean every issue in broader society is an important issue there's an old quote by the inimitable Thomas Sowell it goes uh, it's not that people can't read or think it's simply that they have confused thinking with feeling and that's where we are so my greatest fear has always been um, in relationship to a population that is unable to think critically about real ultimate issues of life, death, meaning, purpose, um, and they basically lose any and all cognitive ability. That's where we are today. I think we're in the middle of that. We're not at the end of it yet, because at the end of it, you would see complete ruin and chaos. We're certainly not at the beginning of it, because this has been going on for at least a good 60 to 70 years post-World War II in the Western developed world. No, I think we're in the middle of it. And you can see the, the storm churning and getting worse with each passing day. I see it with each passing, each passing day, each passing week. And it doesn't look to improve itself. Um, the zeitgeist of, of the common culture is to is to not think critically about things. It's to simply let emotions dominate um, everything. And because of that fact, the thing that gets hijacked and replaced is truth. This is what this podcast is called, Truth 101. Truth is the, is the preeminent um, thing 
in the entire universe. Without that, you have nothing. You can pretend all day long, you know, that you have something, but without acknowledging truth, understanding what truth is, and trying to ascertain what truth is, you're just swimming in a sea of confusion. Um, you know, we have all of this data and information at our fingertips, but yet we're drowning in confusion and absolute insanity. And that's a direct result of the fact that people, uh, they, can, they don't think anymore. They can't think. They have refused. They have refused the human ability to cognitively and critically think about issues. And that's my greatest fear. Because once that's gone, you can't, how do you, how do you undo that? Well, with the generations that are that way, you can't do anything about them. They don't want to be educated. They've proven that they don't want to be educated. So they continue to, to live lives um, in those deluded, lost states of mind as they are. What do you do? Do you reach the younger generation and try and get them? Well, that's, that would require quite an effort. And there are people doing that, but I don't see how you can reach the younger kids, the younger generation, when uh, almost at every turn they're being uh, bombarded by propaganda from every, di every direction, whether it's common society, the public, uh, the schools, the indoctrination centers that they have to go to Monday through Friday, um, the churches who are who have become very weak, religious institutions, uh, the government, so and media of all stripes. So how do you reach the younger generation with truth and the ability to think critically when they're being attacked everywhere? So I do see it as a lost cause and nothing that I really care to fight for anymore. I mean, I have my convictions and I have my principles that I will never waver on, um, and that's why I have such a hard time getting by in, in society. Because I'm so intractable, because I'm so uh, against the grain and nonconformist with the, uh, the spirit of the culture and, and the society, I run up against trouble all the time, and my, my tolerance level for the things in society is growing, is becoming less and less and less with each passing day, just because of the complete growth of uh, governmental control, of stupid, inane ideologies. Um, because of the growth of, of those two evils, uh, there's less and less that I'm able to tolerate. And that's just as a matter of, that's just a, that's just a, that's just a rule. It's a matter of principle that, that it would be that way, ultimately. And so, people like me get squeezed out. People who, and there's lots of people like me who have good ideas. Unfortunately, I believe we are a somewhat of a vocal. We're vocal enough, but we're a minority. We don't, we don't exist in a majority sense. At least not in a vocal way. We exist, perhaps, in a uh, quiet majority sense, but I've learned, especially over these last two years, that most people are too timid and too afraid and shy to, uh, to stand up for what is true at cost to their reputations, their finances, their freedom, um, and maybe, you know, retaliation from certain peoples. And so 
I've been telling people for many, many, many years, and just in the last two years especially, been hitting that point home harder. You gotta not care about that, um, because at the end of the day, the only thing you should really be concerned about is that did I stand up for what is true? And your principles and your convictions should always be aligned with truth, absolute truth. I'm not talking relative truth. Absolute truth. Your principles and your convictions and your morals should always be aligned with that. And if they're not, then you need to do some self-examination. The thing of it is, I would all, I would, 100% of the time rather receive the abhorrence and the disdain and the hatred of society and other pe and people in general, rather than to have to face myself and see myself as a coward. But moral courage is something that is sorely lacking in today's developed world. Uh, and I speak mostly from an American standpoint. When I survey the American landscape, I see very few people who have any real moral courage when you compare that to the larger population. They, they really don't. Everyone talks a very, very large game, big game, uh, but when push comes to shove, people cower in fear of any kind of reprisal or retaliation from, from groups, from people's thoughts, or from institutions, and of course from government. And I've long, I've long since uh, dispatched those ideas out of my head. Because I have to, because I have to live with myself. Nobody else does. Only I do. And if I'm not, if I'm not comfortable, not talking about identity and all that garbage. I'm just talking about comfortable with what you believe, and your beliefs, of course, aligning with absolute truth. Then you should have nothing to worry about. Now, please keep in mind, I can't judge previous periods in history because I never lived in them. I can only judge from the time period I've lived in over the last nearly four decades. So all I have to go on with regard to earlier periods of time are books, anecdotes, and um, writings from people who lived during those times. So I don't truly know what it was like at those during those time periods. But I've just simply always had the sneaking suspicion that the way things are today with the amount of want and glut, with the amount of ignorance when we have everything, when we could know anything in all things, most things, the amount of abundance, but people still have want. Um, I just have a hard time believing that those, I those attitudes existed in previous periods in history. I really, I really do. Na mostly because people were needing to just survive and you don't have the time or the effort to be um, inventing problems or thinking of things that really have no material consequence in the world whatsoever and so as a result because people you know had that attitude I think people were more courageous it seems a bit counterintuitive because you would think that people would be fearing that they had nothing to lose so they'd take more risk. And usually that is the case. When you have nothing really to lose, you take more risk because the risk-reward ratio is uh, 
it's 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 kind of a gamble and a guess, but you, you stand more to gain than to lose because you've already lost everything. Whereas today, everybody has everything they want, and plus they want more. So maybe the, they don't take as they don't take as many risks for the fear of losing what they have. So the moral courage is is sorely lacking today, and it also, I believe, results in what I what I call sameness. People just being the same everywhere in, in style of dress, in speech, in um, certainly in attitude and ideas and their thinking. Um, and you see this with you know the cliched statements that abound everywhere, uh, which is a symptom of a, of a population that can't think deeply about anything. They only have surface level thinking. And it could be because they've never really encountered real, real world problems. The United States has been—it's—it's um, it's had a buffer. It's been isolated from any real world problems throughout its entire history. You could pretty much say. So, what do Americans really know about about suffering, about privation, about all of these—the uh, the fruits of struggle? I don't really see that. But at the end of the day, what I do believe firmly is that we're witnessing in the developed world, in Western nations, particularly the United States, uh, the death of, civiliza- of civilization. It's the cycle of, of empires that has always existed since the beginning of the civilized world, and America is no different. The same fate that befell the Greeks, the Romans, the Persians, the Egyptians, the British Empire, the Spanish Empire, um, is going to befall America and any countries that have that kind of hegemonic power. It's going to befall them as well because everything winds down. The second law of thermodynamics tells us this. Physics tells us this. Everything goes to a state of destruction, into a state of chaos or decay, deterioration. And we're headed there. You can certainly see it and smell it in the culture. With, you know, what what passes for entertainment, what passes for music, art, literature, you know, absolute garbage, drivel all over the place. That's one feature of it. And like I said, my greatest fear, the population that can't think, is a population that is on their way to extinction. But yet we still think we're doing well and we play the game quite well. We try to anyway, right? So that's all for this uh, episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I don't do all that like, subscribe nonsense. I don't care. Either listen or don't. I don't much I don't much care if you listen or not, I guess. My thoughts are my thoughts. And uh, if anybody agrees with me, that's fine. If they don't, Well, there's millions of others that would agree with you, I'm sure.